Hello, I'm Hannah. And I'm Mike, a.k.a. Dad. And you're listening to Everything I Know, I Learned from Dad. In this podcast, my dad and I, and sometimes my sister Maddie, share our perspective on some of life's most valuable lessons. A lot of what my dad taught me didn't always make sense growing up, but today I attribute my successful transition to adulthood to his guidance, and we're here to share his wisdom with you. So, whether you're a young adult or a parent, we think you'll find value in our stories, and we're glad you're here. A common problem we had in our household when I was younger was where I would say, but you promised, or but you said, and I think dad came up with a solution for some of that as we got to the right time and place. There's a story that, quite frankly, I think was a pivotal moment in your growing up that um, had a great impact, I think, on your Ability to take responsibility for things and, in particular, be responsible with your money. I don't remember if you were getting an allowance or not, but if it, it, it may have been one of these, you know, typical $5 a week, $10 a week kind of thing, or maybe a couple dollars, but depending on people's financial situation. But you were 15 years old, and we were still paying for most of your things. Like right? I got a cell phone at 13, so you were paying a cell phone so you paid bill. your cell phone, you wanted to go out with friends, you got money to go out with friends, you needed clothing, you got money for clothing, or we bought your clothing, whatever. And you were quite the shopper. <laughs> I know, I had a spending problem. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw that, and it was my problem because you were spending my money. <laughs> and so I realized it was time that you needed to spend your own money. And I remember leading up, you were 15 years old. I remember you, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was these black shoes that you needed. You had to have black shoes. And I was like, all right, that's it. Here's what we're going to do. And I don't remember this at all. Yeah. So I went back and I, and first of all, I decided, okay, these are all the things you need to be responsible for. I'm not paying for your entertainment anymore. I'm not paying for your cell phone. I'm not paying for your clothing. You're going to get an allowance that's more money than you have ever had before but it's on you right and so i went and i figured out as best i could i mean no one keeps perfect records but as best we could we added up all the money we spent on your entertainment your clothing your shoes um gifts that you would buy for people your friends with birthdays or whatever and we figured out how much that was and then we took a little bit off and we said, oh, wow, that's still a lot of money on a monthly basis. And we said, okay, Hannah, we are going to give you an allowance. And it's going to be much more money than you've ever gotten before. But it's on you to be responsible for all these things. And we actually wrote a contract. So that no one forgot what they promised. Exactly. <laughs> so there's two part, there's two you know themes here. One is the fact that we changed the responsibility for money going from your parents to you, and the other was the responsibility of living up to an agreement that we put in writing. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really important because being in, you know, the fact of the matter is as an adult, we sign contracts a lot. You buy a car, you 
get a take new out job. a lease, you get a new job. Quite frankly, every time you sign up for uh, something online, you're going to click. Service. You're going to click and agree. And terms of agreement. Terms of agreement. No one ever reads. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, that's a whole nother session. Um, and so we said, okay, Hannah, here's the deal. And we wrote a contract between the parents and Hannah. And it covered, it said, basically, you're going to be responsible for all your clothing purchases going forward, for the cost of your cell phone, any gifts you want to buy for friends or family, and any entertainment expenses that you may incur, going out with friends, buying your culottes, whatever the case may be. And we came up with a sum of money, and it was not insignificant. In fact, I, th I think it was over $100 a month. And we put an agreement together that says, you are now responsible for these things, and you get this much money, and how you manage that is your deal. But you can't ask for any more. And as with any contract, it's a two-way street, right? One party does something, and the other party does something in exchange. So with a contract like this, there has to be wording that says, well, you, Hannah, have to do your chores and whatever other things. Help may, with dishes. Help with dishes. <laughs> and that if you don't meet your end of the bargain, then you may not get the allowance in that month. Or maybe it's a portion of it based nah, on. I think it was pretty much zero one. We're not <laughs> going to negotiate. All or nothing. It's an all or nothing. You do your part. We do our part. And you agreed to that. And we actually signed a piece yeah. of paper that you said. You signed it as the loanee, the loaner. And I <laughs> well, signed it what, as the yeah. loanee. <laughs> um, and about a month later, I asked you about those black shoes. And you said, oh, I decided I didn't really need them anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I that said. That was the pivot right there. Ah, this worked. And so that was the beginning of your being responsible for managing your own money and really having a stake in the game. And I think this is really a lesson for parents, if anything here, that um, until the kids own it, it's, it's a lot easier for them to just, it's all on you as parents, right? I need money for this. I need money for that. It's an easy transaction. What's the trade-off for a yeah. kid? There's no trade-off. Now you have to manage the trade-offs. Do I buy that do I buy? I have, here's how much I have. Do I buy the shoes or do I go out with my friends? Or do I save some money because I want to buy something that's expensive and I need, you know, if I had a budget, I might decide, well, if I put $20 a month away at the end of the year, I'd have enough to buy whatever it is right. that was on you. So it really, I think, was, I think it was a real uh, moment where things changed. I mean, I just, the, the black shoe story, I just, I tell it a lot. What's interesting is I've had friends or adults that I've, encountered who have expressed their frustration with their kids for the spending the things, money yeah. and i've given them a copy of the contract and they put <laughs> it to use now as a parent it's really important you can't you can't do something like this and not stick to your guns right there's there is no you promised <laughs> there's no you promised or i need something more than what you agreed to right you can you can agree once a year you'll renegotiate or whatever the case may be but if you continue to be a source of money beyond what you agreed to, then it's not going to work. This one really worked. And there's a powerful lesson there around the put it in writing yes. and having agreements because there's other situations or scenarios when right. that has been helpful for us, but also for me. And, and one of those was my first job out of college. And you get that phone call where they're offering you the job. And then you're, you know, the first thing you say is, thank you. I'm excited about this opportunity. And I'm wondering if there's room to negotiate. And then they ask, well, you know, how much were you hoping to earn? And 
maybe you're on the phone with the person who's the one that you do the negotiating with and you all of a sudden decide on a number. And your advice to me every time it was a phone call or a conversation about something where there was an agreement, it was always get it in writing. Ask while you're on the phone, can I get an email follow-up with the information that we just discussed? Or even you be the one to take it upon yourself to ask for this person's email and say, I appreciate your time. I'm going to send you an email follow-up outlining what we talked about today or something along those lines. Because then it becomes the he said, she said. And it's really... Well, it would if you hadn't done that. It could, right, right. right. And so it's important to then ask for things in writing and, and, and put things in writing on your own. And this scenario could even happen when you're negotiating the rent on an apartment that, you know, maybe you have the opportunity to negotiate or the lease on a car or the cost of something that you have the ability to negotiate. I've always taken this lesson of put it in writing and sort of threaded it through other encounters that I've had where that's been valuable. Yeah. I know that car dealerships can often have a bad reputation when it comes to the sales process. And there are good ones and there are bad ones. But this is an example where salespeople will often say things, make promises that are not reflected in the documents that you sign. And after you sign them, you say, well, you told me X. Well, you signed the paper. And they said, <laughs> that's not what we agreed to. And what you agree to is what you signed for. And so it's really important that if you have a verbal agreement around something, that you make sure that it is in that written agreement before you sign it. Because once you sign it, you're committed. And because this is such an important process that you will experience in life, the fact that you went through that at age 15 with your parents <laughs> <laughs> was the beginning of learning for yourself what it meant to sign an agreement and understand the implications. And I don't so much remember that exact, like I don't remember sitting down reading this contract and signing it or having the conversations, but we've created other contracts since then that I do remember. Yeah. And one of which is around paying for college and what was my responsibility and what was your responsibility and really building an agreement around that as well. And there was a point, I think, where you had looked at my student loans and you're like, wow, the amount of interest she's going to pay on this stuff is out of this world. And that is it's so unfair. But I was so lucky to have you be able to step in and sort of help build an agreement around you supporting me through paying off, off those loans. And we even created a contract that I signed for that, where it's Hannah owes dad X amount of money. It's going to be paid in this monetized installment over this amount of time and that means the payments will be finished by this time and I remember signing that dotted line because that was a lot more recent than you know the creating of an allowance agreement when I was a teenager mm -hmm. and I think there's a thread here around you know putting it in writing but also documenting things and we had a family joke for a while I think when we used to live in Indianapolis, there was this video that resurfaced when we were revisiting home family home videos. And it was the insurance video, as we called it, where you, you know, when you take out homeowners insurance or renters insurance, you're expected to have a sense or an idea of the value of the things that are being insured or covered. And you had taken 
a video of an entire tour of our house <laughs> and all the things that were in it to document the value of the things that were being insured in the event that something terrible happened and there was actual documented evidence rather than having to sit and write everything down and try and remember what was there. We had this insurance video that was just something that we thought was hilarious at the time, but really in the grand scheme of things was important to have. I mean, thankfully we, you know, we never had to pull it out for the reason of figuring out what we had, but when you make donations and, and you, you know, you fill six bags of clothes and you go make a donation and tell the IRS, I donated $4,000 worth of clothes in 2018. Well, it won't be six bags at $4,000. But, <laughs> but you, we used to make donations like that and you would say, before you bag everything up, lay it on the bed and take a picture. And I still do that today, even <laughs> though I don't itemize my taxes. I take a standard deduction, but oh, that's funny. I still like to have evidence of things yeah. to document it. Yeah, the homeowner's insurance or the renter's insurance is a really interesting uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, that's a really interesting situation because, well, most people never have to actually file a claim with an insurance company. But most people don't think about the fact that if you were to file a claim, your insurance company is going to want to know what was the value of what you had. And if it was a fire or a theft, then it becomes, you know, a negotiation between you and the insurance company. Uh, and you're probably not going to get back what you should have had you just simply documented what exactly. you had. So, yeah. Maybe um, it's not necessarily put it in writing, but document everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this can even be helpful in terms of avoiding the reinvention of a wheel. Like when you, you know, there's been a couple scenarios where you've sold things on Craigslist even. Yeah. And you save the ad that performed well to, re to not have to reinvent that later on. Not to on. mention the bill of sale. So I have a bill of sale that I have used when I sold cars on Craigslist that I all I have to do is change the the date and the name, the mileage and the VIN number and and the amount. And otherwise it works. And um, yeah, so that's like almost a no brainer that I've used numerous times. Right. And independent landlords probably do the same thing. Like they have a, a lease agreement that someone created at one point in time, documented for them, and then they just, you know, make iterations to it each right. time it's re- reused but by the way I have, I have used that bill of sale not only when i've sold cars but when i've bought cars because sometimes <laughs> the people that i buy cars from haven't been as prepared for the actual transaction and i just say well i have something that works and there just you use go. that so have there been any other things that you've documented that you've realized down the road were helpful to have documented um yeah so as a matter of fact um you know i've had some health issues in my life and i've always felt as though there was a connection between my health condition and the things that I ate. And so I would create a health diary that I keep track of what I ate and I would keep track of my symptoms and I'd be able to look back and try to make a connection between cause and effect. And then when you go to the doctor, <laughs> yeah, it's and you know, it's also, and because it's been a long road, I now have a history going back literally decades. I don't, I have not kept track of my food and my symptoms. For decades, but um, major events, either major health events or major discoveries or changes in my medications or supplements. And I just go in into a Word document. I just add, like, here's what happened on this date. And um, boy, is that helpful when you're going to see a doctor or whatever and try to explain your history. And in a lot of cases, I've had, I've had more than one situation where I've just literally printed it out and sent it to the doctor in advance. Wow. Yeah. 
And I've done the same. Like I have suffered from migraines and it was hard for me to sort of find a connection between the twi- the trigger uh, and, and the migraine. And so I would keep logs of the same stuff. And that was only because you had taught me that. And it's not necessarily documenting, but it's it's putting in writing yeah. the, the things that, that go on it's in your a record. Head. It's yeah, a record exactly. of what happened. Exactly. And so sometimes it's because of legal transactions, but sometimes having a record of what happened is just better than your memory for trying to uh, reflect on what happened and try to use that information to make better decisions going forward. Absolutely. So I think in some here... Well, you know, I think that there are... We've 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 put a lot into this episode. Uh, number one is how important it is for young people to start taking ownership of their finances. Second is understanding the importance of having things in writing and how that can impact one's responsibility going forward. And then we've also talked about just the idea of having something in uh, documentation of things can sometimes help even beyond transactional uh, events um, because our memories aren't as good as we'd like them to be. (laughs) So next time you're having a negotiation conversation or looking to make a purchase, just remember my dad saying in your head, put it in writing. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Everything I Know I Learned From Dad. Please show your support for our podcast by dropping a review, subscribing to the show, and sharing it with others. We also invite you to email us questions you'd like to see answered in a future episode or share something valuable you learned from your dad. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.